0: Today's show is being brought to you by contributors at Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash the education game to support the show and thanks. Hello gamers, and if you have a pre-K student, then this is the show that you need to sit down, buckle up, and lean in. Because today I'm talking to a dad who's calling from Houston who, like many of you, is looking for more and far better options for his pre-K daughter. Today you're going to hear what I tell parents who are facing the same question. I'm Matt Barnes and welcome to another question and answer conversation on the education game. Caller, thanks for calling the education game. How can I help you today?
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, So, just just to recap uh, some of the things I've talked to you about, Uh, I have a daughter who's three and a half, turning four later this year. Yeah. Um, And I, I. So last year, when when everything got disrupted with COVID, um, we had a lot of time with her at home um, to work on a few skills Um, and those skills include basic skills like managing herself, um, learning how to put away stuff, to control her temper, um, to to not scream. uh, and and go to the poppy and things like that mm-hmm. and also more advanced academic skills like uh, basic arithmetic counting um, Learning her alphabets her numbers um, Learning a bit of phonics. Yeah, Things Excellent. like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: So what what I what I noticed, uh, so she's been back in school for about four months now and I've noticed a deterioration in those skills um, Which ones? So an an example would be, um, I think I see a deterioration more in her academic skills. Okay. So an example would be, um, we we used to play a game called Shopkeeper, and that involves uh, me being the shopkeeper and she's the buyer. So I give mm. her actual coins, and I say, okay, you come to the shop, and a, and if you want to buy a banana, it costs you ten cents. If you want to buy an orange, it costs you twenty five cents. That's and terrific. then she would count out she would count out the coins and I would give her actual coins like dimes and pennies and quarters yeah. and I would teach her how to count out and then she would count it out and give it to me and she came to the point where she was sort of comfortable giving me a 25 you know a quarter coin and saying this is 25 cents I know this is 25 cents
0: that is fantastic but,
1: but she has sort of lost it now so now she's back to counting one two three four five and oh, you know wow. it's part of it is my fault because I've not kept up with the games um but i think it's it points more to the fact that in school she's really not getting getting a lot of um regu- rigorous academic activity hmm. um so in some sense she's she's growing in her social ability you know, her ability to interact with the teacher to listen to the teacher, to listen to instruction which is great i mean that's the kind of skills that she does need to have yeah sure um but in terms of her maybe more academic skills um she's losing out a little bit And I also noticed that she's losing out in her ability to sort of sit still and engage herself with uh, a few books. So Mm. um, she used to be able to do that for, let's say, 45 minutes uh, four months ago. And this morning, it was down to 25 minutes. So um, I'm I'm noticing that. And and again, I think part of it is definitely our fault that we have not been keeping up with that at home.
0: Well, let let me just pause you because you you said this once before. I just want to make sure that uh, this is a no blame, no shame kind of conversation. There is never fault to be placed, but there's just a problem that needs to be dealt with. So I'm going to just coach you away from putting fault at anyone's feet. It's just a situation you'll have to deal with. So anyway, continue on.
1: Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. I, I would say that I... I take uh, maybe a better way of putting it is I take responsibility for something like that happening Bingo. because okay. you know I, I think I'm I'm responsible for what happens as a parent. that's right and so I think um,
0: great to hear you say that
1: that's, yeah that's that's my perspective um, and you know so all this is to say is we have been looking at different schools to sort of think about what what sort of programs and where would be a good place to place her so that she gets a little bit more rigor in her academic, um, let's say, or rigor and exposure in terms of her learning more academic type skills.
0: Okay, there's, um, there's a bunch here. And uh, first off, let me just encourage you because to hear a dad who is taking this type of attention in their child's development is just it man it's just so great to hear because I don't get calls from dads very often so I want to just encourage you and thank you frankly for taking that such a such a leadership role that's that will be huge all right so let me start there Um, but I also want to want to challenge or maybe reframe something that you've said a couple times which is you talked about the basic skills of managing herself, self-control, putting her things away, um, sitting still—those like the, those types of things—I consider those to be extraordinarily high-value, high-rigor skills. Because the the ch- and I just wrote some blog posts about this. I may send you one afterwards. Um, I talked about uh, the importance of self-control and teaching it in a child, and it sounds like you've been doing that. If your daughter's able to sit or was able to sit for 45 minutes reading a book, that means you have been teaching her how to manage herself. And that skill is a high-level skill, right? That that skill is actually foundational to all other things that she's going to learn. Because when she can control her right. mind, right, now she can focus on learning any other task in a quarter of the time. So uh, I just want to reframe the language around high-level skills versus basic skills. Um, but again yeah, I, yeah, I apologize I, no 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 um, I, but apologize. I hear your point. I mean I, and I get it I just want it, I want the other callers right. who might listen to this to kind of recognize that self-control breeds so many other positive quote unquote higher level skills. okay that's the second part. The third is um, I love the shopkeeper game. Oh my gosh. I hope I hope other caller or hope, hope other listeners are hearing that and going that is something that I'm going to begin with my child right now Um, so great job on that that is a terrific way but also now getting into your question really how quickly some of this stuff gets lost it's it's no different than any other activity right when you're practicing it with some regularity it main you maintain it and you grow it when you begin to move away from the practice it does slip Um, and now here's the other problem and you you're your call is really getting at this, which is in the your child's current school, they are assuming that this child can't count. They're probably assuming that this child uh, can't sit still very well, probably assuming a lot of things about the child that aren't actually the case. Therefore, when they're talking about numbers, they're talking about, you know, here's what a one looks like. She probably learned that a year ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah yeah here's how to count to ten she probably learned that a year ago or you know nine months ago and so she's now she's now not being exposed to the type of training that you were giving her and that's the right language it's training you were training her up as you're supposed to Um, so that creates this very real and ongoing problem that you're gonna have that i had with my kids that parents who are really taking the lead in their in their child's life are all going to run into at some point and that is that your child is going to begin to outstrip the educational expectations of whatever school they're in and that's really the, that's the nut of what you're really calling about isn't that
1: yeah i think that's a good way of putting it yeah
0: yeah, yeah. uh it's not common i mean it's not uncommon dude let me just tell you it, it's uh i get a lot of calls from parents who are saying gosh i'm so discouraged because i know my child is able to do more but this is all they're being asked to do school and so here you know getting to your challenge that lay in front of you again I went through with with my with each of my kids uh, talk to parents all the time that have to deal with a similar challenge Uh, the first question I will put to you is really a run around before I answer your question is really one around the context of your household Um, do you have a grandparent do you have a stay-at-home parent is it you is it your wife is there an aunt or cousin or somebody who can play a more active, ongoing role in the life of the child during the day? Or is it going to be a full-time uh, school environment for your child?
1: Unfortunately for us, it, it looks like it's going to be a full-time school environment because yeah. we don't have anyone around.
0: Yeah, yeah, very normal. And, and you know, it is what it is. And, and the there's no perfect environment, right? Um, and I stayed home with my kids for a few years, and that's when all my hair fell out. Right, so there's. <laughs> I can't. I can't say that I would encourage that, but uh, um, I wish I had my hair back. Let me just say that. All right, so so then you're you're going to be looking at a full time schooling environment, and now she is she's really still in fourth or pre K four, and so she's got a year. She's in pre K. She's in pre K three. She's going into pre K four. Got it. Okay, got it. Next fall she'll be going in pre K four. Okay, so yeah. then. Um, Here's what I generally recommend because, you know, some parents will say, I want to change the school. I want to make the school fit my my child. And honestly, I've, I've not seen a, cert- a situation where that parent's efforts have borne the fruit that she, she or he were, were looking for. The school is a system, and one parent pushing on the system is not going to move it, generally. The best you can hope for are the following, I think. And this is what I recommend. This is what I, we did. This is what I talked to other parents about. This is what other parents taught me to do, which is first off, you negotiate. You start to negotiate with your uh, negotiation with your child's teacher. And that looks something like this. Um, you know, my daughter can do these things. Um, can we figure out a way to begin to feather in additional work that's more on her level? Right, that's that's really the question, and so sometimes it's harder for teachers. Honestly, that makes that means a teacher now has to have multiple lessons going at the same time, multiple evaluations, um, you know, multiple curriculums. It's 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 more challenging, but that's where you begin. Um, and then regardless of what that teacher says, and you put the nail in the head a moment ago when you said that you are responsible. You as the parent are responsible for the, your child's learning outcomes. It is not the school's responsibility. Therefore, what I would recommend is that you think about what I call a shadow school. And that's the idea that, yes, they're going to go to school. Yes, we're going to negotiate with the teacher. We're going to try to get more uh, activities at the level of the child. But we are also going to make sure that a couple times a week, definitely on the weekends, we are running a shadow school. I might even change the language on that, too, uh, because I don't like the language of school. Because school, the language of school is... um, Here's your worksheet. Sit in a row. Um, All of it's adult driven. Right. I would change it to uh, your child's learning will be something that you're going to drive outside of school. not school Learning. And the distinction is you're going to ask her questions about what is she like to do? What is what is she really interested in? And And a parent like you, you're going to be able to you're going to really love this. Because once that child says, "I love," or "I'm mean, really," let me ask you: then, what, what what are some things that she really likes? She's curious about, or she, you know, things that you've seen or noticed about her that she really enjoys.
1: Yeah, she she likes music. Mm-hmm. Um, she likes um, she she has an active imagination. Uh-huh. So one thing which we do a lot, a, a lot of the learning is not really, I suppose, learning in a traditional sense. It really is games which are catered to her imagination. Yes. The kind of things that she likes to think about. And, and so I can definitely see, you know, that aspect of creativity. In her. Yes. Um, ability to just, even from a young age, just make up stories and think of, you know, things that could happen, you know, um, without any prompt. So right. I would say um, music and I guess more creative art. Right? So.
0: Got it. Well, and then there's also, you know, the shopkeeper, it's a game. Right. And you you took a game and made it into a high level learning experience. And that's terrific. So and let's remember her t- her spending time with you is something that every child wants, although they may not be able to, art- to articulate it. So um, I know that it sounds like she's interested in music, imagination and games, but she's also interested in spending time with her parents. So to the degree you can weave those together particularly around the things that she's interested in. So you can teach um, uh, uh, reading with music, right? You can you can learn about composers. You can read about composers. And then you can find a song by a composer, listen to it, play a simple version of it. If you have a ukulele or a guitar or borrow somebody's, right? So there's ways to merge all this together. The, 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 what we're describing is something called learner-centered or, or or, child-centered learning, which is start with where the child is interested, and then you build from there. You develop a learning plan based on the child's interest, not based on a bureaucrat a thousand miles away saying that here's the common core, here's what your child should learn when they're six years old. You know your child better than anyone else in the world. It ha- sounds like you have the energy and the curiosity uh, and the intentionality to build a learning plan, and I can certainly help with some of that. But it also sounds like you're kind of well on your way. But back to this big question about what do we do with school? um, If you are committed and really have no other choice than the um, uh, traditional, you know, five-day week school, the negotiations is the first part. Setting up a shadow school or shadow learning environment, which really, it becomes a culture of the household that what we do for fun is we read. What we do for fun is we play Um, What did you call it? The shopkeeper game, right? What we do for fun, we play music together and we sing songs. That's a culturally different approach to learning than what normally happens in the minds of most Americans, at least, which is, I send them to to school to learn, and then they come home and it's playtime, right? What you're doing is you're sending them to to, to learn some things, they're coming home to learn things in a different way, a way that's uh, that's uh, relational, a, relate, a way that's uh, active, in a way that's fundamentally not likely in their school. And that's the unfortunate reality of, of most schools. Now, here's the last part I would say to you, and that is, um, and I've talked to some parents who've, who've been doing this for some period of time now, right? They can, because of the parent, they can go to the school and say, you know what, I'd like to bring my daughter out of class today at... Or tomorrow at uh, at one o'clock. You don't have to give a reason. You're the parent, right? And so, if there are days of the week that you're like, okay, you know what? We haven't had the opportunity to to play uh, the shopkeeper game, or we haven't had the opportunity to have one-on-one time, or if the if my child doesn't seem to be getting much time outside, you can say, hey, you know what? Uh, school on uh, you know next Tuesday, uh, my daughter, I'm gonna have to pull her out of class at one o'clock, right after lunch. You don't have to give a reason. If they ask, you can say it's personal, right? Because it is, it's your daughter, (laughs) right? And you pull her out and that afternoon is a day of of learning um, and fun. And uh, again, talking to a lot of parents who are are reasserting their parental authority to make decisions that they know are in the best interest of their child and they're overruling the school. Now, as long as you pull the child out after around 10 or 10.30, at least in a public school environment, the school's still going to get paid for that child's day, right? So they don't have any, they don't lose anything around that. But you gain, because now if you have the time in your schedule, now you both can be more intentional about a learning experience outside of the school environment, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I, I will say something though. Sure. Um, so. Um, and I want to pick up on those two points of shadow school and culture. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you you sort of put your finger on it, that what my intention is, is really to build a culture of learning. Yes. Of self-learning. Yes. Um, and that this is what we do in our house. We read, we're polite to each other, we help out each other. That's kind of things that I want to build as part of our household culture. Yep. Um, w- what I'm really getting at is we, are, or rather, I have already been doing something like a shadow school with my daughter mm-hmm. but what i found is that there are periods where i simply don't have the time or things just get in the way yes um, and and so really what i'm looking at is saying okay she's going to spend six hours seven hours a day in school what system uh, or what way of teaching or which school would sort of maximize that seven hours yeah um, given the limitations, I, I understand that it's, it's, it, I, I, it would not meet my expectations as a parent. I, I, I understand that. But to at least to the best of the system's limitations. Um, so I'll give you an example. We, we, we've been reading into the Montessori system. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we think that there are a lot of good things about the Montessori system. Which, yes. Um, I think sound attractive to us. Yes. Uh, so that would be something I would say, okay. Would I rather put her in a conventional school or Montessori school, at least where we stand right now? I think a Montessori school sounds better in terms of where we want to build some of those skills. Um, and, and as you said, you know, I, I used the word basic, but really I was trying to be basic in the sense that if you don't have them, it's like a foundation in the house. You can't the a house. Yep. 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 Um, and so I completely agree with that. So I, I was really getting at what, what model of schools or Mm -hmm. which schools or what model right um would sort of be best used or best serve for the
0: time that we have in school got it so everything you're describing about your philosophy and your approach does align very well with montessori um generally what i tend to tell folks is the the more traditional the learning the more likely your your child's going to become in, in many cases, not all, but in many cases, uh, less curious, less um, creative, uh, less of a builder and more of a conform, conformist, right? They'll just conform to whatever the authority says and of course there's a need for that and a, a, a role for that, but not all the time, particularly in these ages. So Montessori definitely. There's a couple others though that I'll throw out there, and and they're really new ones that are coming online, and they really require some management in terms of setup. One is uh, micro schools. Have you heard of that concept? Oh no, not yet. Okay, so um, it's it's a it's a fluid concept, but generally speaking, it is this: um, four, five, six families, different age kids. They agree. That they're going to work together. It's a bit of like a collaborative or a co-op, but they use certain online technologies like maybe a math curriculum, maybe a reading curriculum that's leveled to their child. But then the rest of the time, it's really around building experiential activities, developing a culture, developing a love of learning. Right. So it's it's blending the um, kind of the hard rules or the hard learning like reading, math, with the creative learning of, oh, I know I can learn how to do things on my own, the independence of learning, right? But it requires families to gather together. And so I don't know if you're a part of a church. If you are, there's a possibility that other families are having these same questions. Um, And so convening a gathering with them to say, hey, listen, here's what we're thinking about. Again, I can help you think through or talk with other parents about what a micro school might actually look like in practice. And then that's also something you can experiment with maybe this upcoming summer, maybe uh, over spring break, and kind of test some things out. maybe a couple weekends over the next several months to test it to see if this might work. So that's one. That's where you kind of build it yourself. There's a second model which is a hybrid school model. And a hybrid school is where you go to that school uh, two days a week, maybe. Maybe it's three days a week. Usually, they're, these are private. Unfortunately, um, the public. The way that public schools get paid is the child has to be in the seat. The child doesn't have to be learning, <laughs> but they just have to be in the seat, <laughs> and the school will get paid. A whole whole conversation we could have about that. Um, but hybrid schools are, you know, if they're there two days a week, now you have much more flexibility. Uh, but again, you'll need to have some. Uh, adult present to you know support that child during those times and it doesn't sound like you might have that uh, opportunity a high or a a micro school though because it's you all making it up yourselves you could create a micro school where you You're responsible for the kids on Saturday, right? Uh, You know another parent is responsible on Monday Tuesday another one is Wednesday Thursday another is Friday, right? and and so you can work out based on your all's collective schedule what might actually work but yes it takes time and it takes some intentionality and a lot of parents aren't aren't ready for that level of creative problem solving in the in the learning space they think that the old model of education is good enough in fact the old model of education is a dinosaur and covid was the extinction level event that has now crushed everything that we've come to appreciate or at least come to assume about what a traditional learning experience was uh, was for um so again if you want to talk or if you have a couple fan friends who have kids around the same age it doesn't i mean two to three eight years on either side is sufficient um you can you can form a micro school uh and my recommendation is if you're thinking about it have the conversation and then run some tests get more comfortable with with the idea and if you guys get to a place of comfort, go ahead and make the switch. Test it out and see how it goes. Um, it's it's uh, you. Y- you will not. I promise you. If you go that route, uh, it'll be hard, but you absolutely will never regret it. It will be hard, but it will absolutely be worth it.
1: Great. Yeah. I mean, there, there are definitely a few families in our area, um, you know, in our neighborhood, rather, um, yeah. who have kids around the same age. So I think. Yeah. Um, Definitely a conversation we can have. with
0: them. Yeah. yeah, well, bring me into that. Thanks. Call me. I'd be happy to talk with folks and just kind of frame it out, and then um, uh, and then let you guys run. And then we can we can touch base if you have other questions. But again, Montessori, um, you know, hybrid, micro school. Um, again, the hybrid is going to require more adult of, of time of you. Micro school, you can you could figure it out maybe. Um, but regardless of what happens. The key point that I want every person that may be listening to this, all three people that might be listening to this show, uh, to know is when you said that you are responsible, that is the key point. Because once you, once you actually internalize that, now you're going to call me and ask for advice, right? And advice may be exactly what you paid for, it, zero, worth zero, but you're still <laughs> looking, right? You're still trying to figure it out. Uh, you're going to talk to other friends. You're going to be kicking these things around because, you know, it is your responsibility and you are 100 percent right. I wish more parents realized that because if they did, we could actually change schools from the bottom up. Imagine imagine uh, if uh, if you and 20 other families all were having the same conversation and you went to your your school, your Montessori school or whatever, and said, listen, this is what we're looking for and we're prepared to lean in here if you give us what we're looking for. I can tell you there are principals around the country that would jump at the chance of getting 20 families that are all aligned around driving learning. That's that's what teachers are looking for. That's what principals are looking for. Um, so anyway I, I could go on and on about it but um, I want to just praise you for your intentionality. This is serious business um, and I have no doubt that whatever happens, wherever your child ends up, you're gonna make sure that she is gonna do just fine. I have no doubt in my mind.
1: Well, you know, um, full disclosure, I'm an Asian parent. And okay. in, in Asian cultures, you know, you're either a doctor, engineer, lawyer, or <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. But you know, um, no, I, I really appreciate your, 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 your input. I think um, it's, it's worth far more than I say to you, which is nothing.
0: Uh, <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> but I, yeah,
1: no, I, I like I like the micro school idea. I think it's definitely something I sort of loosely thought about in terms mm-hmm. of forming a group, uh, a sort of a tutoring group with yeah. uh, the parents in our in our neighborhood. But yeah. you know, I never really pursued that. So yeah. I think if there's some if, an, if there's an existing model I can look into, that would be really great.
0: Yep. I tell it. Stay on the line after the call, and I will send you some information, and we can we can uh, we can talk a little bit more about it. Well, that's a wrap. And you've done it again. You've tolerated 30 minutes listening to hopefully something that caused you to think differently about learning and maybe about your child's educational path. So, Dr. Scott and I invite you to call us and to try to stump the chumps with your questions. And of course, we'll do our best to help you understand how the education game has changed and how you as a parent or a young learner need to adjust. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time right here on The Education Game.